You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen to the program live during our broadcast time. The show is brought to you by Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and our newest sponsor, Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better business decisions. If you'd like to join in on the conversation because you are listening to us live, and our interview today is with Rajiv Kapoor, who is CEO of Sonic Emotion, then find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. Log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you right to our engineer. He's on the other side of the glass for me today. Today, it's Paul Roberts. He'll be able to converse with you and possibly bring to my attention a question, an idea, a thought that you might have that I can work into our conversation that we have planned today with Rajiv. And we're going to get to that interview in just a moment, but we're going to take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be right back with Rajiv Kapoor, CEO of Sonic Emotion. But first, these words from our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire? or try and pass that business on to your children. At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped. It took a minute to think I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we're continuing our January focus on growth with my interview today with Rajiv Kapoor, Sonic Emotion, because Sonic Emotion has pushed the boundaries of of the listening experience to new levels. Sonic Emotion is a major firm in the fast-growing 3D audio space. Rajiv is just back from visiting and participating at Consumer Electronics Show. I'm planning to work that into our our conversation. And just so you'll know, he is truly an international business executive because Rajiv has lived in 23 countries. Rajiv, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thanks. How are you? Great to be on the show. It's good to have you. Let's get started. 
But tell us a little bit about your path, your professional background, sort of what led you up to Sonic Emotion and, the, and your position today as CEO. Yeah, sure, happy to. Well, you know, I got my, you know, my background has been primarily, as you mentioned, in the opening in international business. And uh, my first gig was uh, as a uh, sales rep, 100% commission sales uh, for Gateway, back when they were still Gateway 2000 back in South Dakota. So that was my first first job. And uh, a lot of fun. You, know, you take some risks. You know, it was a tough economy, and you got to go where the job is. And then from there, eventually did quite a few things there. It was in an international group. And Eventually got recruited at Dell and uh, spent uh, almost 12 years at Dell doing various different things, building a couple of different business units up. And uh, part of my last four years at Dell was uh, director of sales and marketing in China. And then from there was the GM for the South Asian market, launched Dell India. I did that. Was was great experience. You know, met a lot of great people. You know, traveled the whole region. And uh, from there uh, went down to... Uh, Got recruited to come back to the States. You know, we had a home here in Southern California and uh, got recruited to be the president of a uh, e-commerce and te- uh, home automation technology company called Smart Home. You know, did that for a while and uh, then kind of did something on my own for here for just a little bit and then uh, got recruited to join uh, Sonic Emotion. So for the last 18, 19 months, I've been doing Sonic Emotion and uh, we've been doing, uh, been doing great. So you've lived in 23 different countries. You've done business in many different cultures and countries. Now you're back in Southern California. Can you just give our audience, which are tend to be business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives, uh, dare I say many don't have the level of international experience that you've had. Um, of all the experiences that you learned doing what I just said, is there kind of an overarching takeaway that you have from that experience that you bring to this position as CEO with Sonic Emotion now or some advice that you might be able to give to your fellow entrepreneurs and business owners out there? Yeah, you know, there is. You know, one of the things, you know, I learned a lot of it was trial by error. You know, having lived under or worked in 23 countries, it's, you know, it's it, it, it seems daunting. But, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things you find out is that people are pretty much the same no matter where you go. And when it comes to managing people, building teams, you know, getting a message out there. It's all the same thing. It's just a little bit you have to adapt for cultural, you know, normalities and things of that nature. But it's all pretty much the same, right? People want to be respected. They want to be treated well. They want to know. Employees want to know they have opportunities. They want to understand what's your vision, your mission. You know, they want to understand what's the path, what's in it for them, how successful can they be, right? And they look at you as the guy that's coming in, as the expat, the guy with a lot of experience, to help them with that. And, you know, in the case of Sonic Emotion, fantastic team, great founders, just overall just a wonderful experience so far. And, you know, they just needed a little bit of a push in the direction of a more of a sales and marketing culture, for example. You know, in other places, when I was at Dell, for example, you know, you had the right sales and marketing culture, but maybe you were missing a little bit in terms of making sure you had the right product in the right, in the right for the right uh, verticals or the right segments. So it's, you know, very, but at the end of the day, it's just solving a problem. And it's just, you know, making sure that communication is, is there and open. And, you know, and, you know, I, I did it in places where, you, where I didn't even speak the language. And, you know, the way you're successful there is you find a couple of people that really believe in what you're doing and they help champion your cause. And so, it's really the same. Consumers are the same all over the world for the most part, right? They just want to understand value and the benefits. And so if you if you keep in mind the core ideas of the feature, the benefit, the incentive, or I call it the FBI, 
you should be uh, pretty fine. And I, it's a very high-level, general way to look at things, but it's not daunting. I mean, I did 162,000 miles last year, and I can tell you it didn't matter where I was. As long as you had the right compelling value proposition, you know, that was half the battle. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. Let's let's turn our attention now to Sonic Emotion. I, I'm curious. I'm more curious now about the firm than when we first met. I, you're in a very interesting space and field. Just coming off of the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, which I'm going to ask you about here a little bit later in the interview. But tell us about Sonic Emotion. What is it that your firm does, and what makes you different in your space than other competitors? That's a great question. You know, if, if you asked us 18 months ago what business were we in, I think the answer you would have gotten from, from most people was we're a technology company. We're a 3D sound, a 3D audio technology company. But if you ask the question today, I like to think of us as more as a technology entertainment company. You know, we believe in making the sound content experience very unique and different and, and allowing our OEM partners to provide products that enable the general consumer to experience content in new and different ways. That's really what we do, and that, that's really what you know our, our mantra and our charter is. You know, we today make a chip. It's our own custom chip. We're in the process of moving into software. We've got some great new partners on the software side in terms of being able to take our algorithms and embed them into anybody's products, anywhere from headphones to um, smartphone applications. You know, we have a great app called Headquake on the iOS platform. It's doing really well. You know, we have solutions for TVs. We have solutions for the soundbar dock market all the way up. And we, have, we have solutions go all the way up now up to car audio. And 18 months ago, we were pretty much only a soundbar and dock player. So wherever you expect to hear sound in the consumer electronics space, we, now we, can, we know we can play in that arena. And a lot of what we've done to kind of answer the question of how we're unique and different is that we got our start in the pro field. So we actually still have a pro division that's actually very strong in Europe. And if there's any of you listeners you know, that are listening and they're interested, um, you know, we're looking for some pro partners here. But you know, we got our start providing solutions to cinemas, concert halls, museums, movie theaters, things of that nature. And we still have that. And the, the most competitors, I guess, use a form of audio technology called crosstalk cancellation. And you know, we just don't believe in that type of a format. We, we instead use um, a, a rather old um, theory-based technology called wave field synthesis. And we use that as our core foundation for everything that we do. We also do some of the other things, and I don't want to get too technical, but we do a lot of psychoacoustic type work in, in physical acoustics as well as we do a lot of analyzation of the algorithms and the signals coming in and things of that nature. So the thing that really, at the end of the day, bottom line that makes us really unique is the fact that when you go to a movie theater, you sit in the middle of the movie theater and you want that full surround experience. You know, you, you're sitting essentially in the sweet spot. Well, we want to know if we can bring that same theater experience to the home, and essentially that's what we did. So no matter where you are sitting in, in, in the room, in the family room, in, the, in, in your master bedroom where you are, you're going to get a phenomenal sound experience, and there won't be any break in the sound field no matter where you go. So that, that idea of the sweet spot and where the whole room is a sweet spot or quote-unquote eliminating the sweet spot is essentially what, what we've done. And you don't have to calibrate our technology. You don't need any new wires for our technology. You know, it's very easy to implement for the OEMs and the brands like Onkyo and Toshiba are right now shipping product with our technology, and they're doing really well with those. So, you know, for the most part, those are kind of the key things that we do. And we do this because, 
at the end of the day, if you know, we we believe that we solve about you know we we cover about ninety percent of what the consumer is going to use that product for, and you know, but they, they're able to do that and spend maybe a hundred to between a hundred and three hundred dollars for a product versus having to spend five hundred to two thousand dollars on a big full five dot one surround sound system or seven dot one system where you got to move furniture and all those other fun things. It's just right now in a tough economy. It's not that great to do number one and number two is if you know we have so many people that have unplugged their big you know surround systems and just use products with our technology in it and they're more than happy so you know, we believe that we have a better mousetrap and we believe that we're the new kids on the block it seems to me that the investment the r&d dollars and both it by companies like yours you know who are developing the algorithms and the technology and then the major consumer electronics players who would embed it in their uh, receivers and soundbars, etc. This is an this is a an area of great interest in the field in uh, in the audio field, and it seems to me that you guys are really revolutionizing revolutionizing the home audio and other applications. You even mentioned car. Imagine that, but uh, the 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 user interface and experience with you know the electronics that they're buying and using. So. Uh, I see this as on a very fast track trajectory. Is is that a fair assessment, or is that just kind of someone looking from the outside, maybe misreading the tea leaves here? No, you know, you're you're reading it pretty well, and I commend you for that. So, if you look at audio, right? So, you know, really since SRS, which is you know what was a competitor, they got acquired by DTS early last, you know, mid last year. For about, you know, we we had our partners come to us and say there hadn't been really any real true audio innovation in about 15 to 20 years. But if you look on the display side of things, from this, you know whether it's retina displays or smaller displays or richer, cleaner-looking displays or more colorful displays, bigger, smaller, you name it, thinner, the, the display technology has gotten, I would say, the lion's share of the R&D dollars. And audio you know, seems to be the you-know-what stepchild you know, to that whole you know, R&D dollar experience. And so... But we're seeing more and more is more and more folks are actually starting to understand and realize that, you know, that they can only do so much more with display. I mean, OLED technology is coming. That'll help them get a little bit thinner. And, you know, there's, they'll get cleaner, richer, and all that stuff. But in order to really differentiate themselves, what can they do to, to stimulate the other sense? What can they really do to stimulate, you know, the, you know, the, the sense of hearing? And so that's where we kind of come into play and with what we do. And, you know, we provide that very, you know, to your point, we provide that unique experience. You've mentioned car, so people that you know in, in the future, if, you know, if we do our job right and, and if we can convince the brands, you know, we believe that we can actually reduce the number of speakers needed in a car. So if you have a mm-hmm. car with let's say greater than six speakers, let's say you have eight, ten, twelve, sixteen speakers in in cars, we can reduce the the number of speakers needed. Well, that does a couple of things. Number one, it reduces the overall cost of producing a car, but almost more importantly, it reduces the weight of the car. And when you can reduce the weight of the car. Allow the car manufacturers to get to hit and to get even closer to the mile per gallon efficiency ratings that they have to get to in order to sell cars in California or wherever they got to get to to save to save on gas. So, so there's a lot of benefits for what we're doing. You know, if if we can if we can if we can demonstrate to consumers that with using get, getting a sound bar from Toshiba with our technology in it, or getting a sound bar from Audio Source with our technology in it. You have it underneath your TV, and you're going to be able to, and you're going to get that for let's say 150 dollars, and you're going, to, and that's going to take care of 95 percent of the needs you have, versus spending thousands or thousands of dollars on this big high-end, you know, home surround sound system. 
why don't you do it? But buy five of them will equal the cost of one, you know, hi-fi system, you know, hi-fi surround sound system. So, you know, just being able to enable that, you know, you know we believe that you know, we're on the cutting edge um, from that perspective. You know, we have 10 engineers on staff, you know, um, half of them are acoustical PhDs. So, you know, you know, we get it, we understand it, and, you know, we really look at things at the end consumer level. We talk to end consumers all the time. That was one big thing change. That was big one big ch- uh, change we made, which was we really want to make sure that we're really going at this from the consumer level so we can really help the brands get out there with our technology. My producer is letting me know that it's time for us to take our fir- our second break here on Crit. Mass Radio Show, Rajiv. So share with our audience the guiding principle, you know, your your belief system that you're using to bring about uh, growth and uh, change, if you will, within Sonic Emotion. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, Rajiv Kapoor, CEO of Sonic Emotion, will share with us his guiding principle. And then we have a number of other questions that we want to get to in our interview today here on the radio program. But now we're going to spend some time with a few of our sponsors. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You know, this show is one of our Critical Mass Radio Show series shows. On Wednesday, we are a show featuring Orange County nonprofit organizations and their leaders. On Thursday at 3 p.m., our nationally syndicated show, Critical Mass Coast to Coast, features small and mid-market business leaders from across the country. All shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station OCRadio.net, or they can be rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services. Information and all the shows can also be found on my website, Critical Mass 
for forbusiness.com, critical mass for business. All right, well, let's go back to the interview with Rajiv. Rajiv, before the break, we said we'd like to hear about your guiding principle. If you would be so kind to share that with our audience, we would appreciate it. Yeah, you know, Rick, i got to tell you, you know, I've had this question asked to me quite a few times, and, you know, I always come back to the same answer, and, and it's a little bit, you know, it, it would, you know it's, 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 some people say it's a little bit easy, but I'm a firm believer of hiring people smarter than you, give them tools to do the job and get out of their way. And I, I've been blessed at Sonic Emotion to have just an absolute phenomenal team. And, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, my team has to, you know, most of my team is global, you know, so it's, uh, you know, they have to be very self-sufficient. And, you know, so they, it, so that, that's, that's absolutely number one. It doesn't matter what business I've been in. It doesn't matter who I've advised or what board I sit on, that's the number one guiding principle that I tell every person who I work with, who I partner with, you know, who I might advise and coach. That's the absolute number one thing that you have to be able to do. You know, everything flows from there. You know, and then the second thing is, you know, I tell people that you don't expect to have a great external culture, meaning don't expect to have a lot of great external relationships, whether it's with brands or other cases, if you don't know how to have a great internal culture. To me, you know, those two things are, are, are part and parcel of the same thing. You know, in order to have real successful revenue and, you know, and, and overall, you know, brand recognition, you have to do a great job of building just a great culture internally. And I think if you look at it, what we've tried to do at Tonic Emotion is try to bring some of that Silicon Valley, you know, culture in terms of that you know, you hear about what happens at Google and places like that. We try to do that kind of on more on a kind of on a global basis. So, but we you know we have about twenty employees, so it's kind of you know rather hard to do. So, but you know we know we we try. You know we really try to focus on building just a really strong, open and honest direct communication culture. And you know I'll give you an example. So, you know, we you know we really you know despise email. So I, I hate sending emails. I, I think it's the worst thing ever for for business. And so. I'd rather jump on a phone, and to me, making the investment on, on, on the phone bill is much more important than, than just sending emails back and forth. So the little things like that really make a difference. That has to be a particular challenge with the time zones that you have. You're the CEO. You're here in Southern California. The company is headquartered in Switzerland. You, ha- I mean, that must take a lot of additional thought to keep everyone on the same page, especially if you prefer communicating via the phone versus email and that. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, I actually, you know, moved to Switzerland for a few months, you know, to, you know, when I first got the job to kind of get everything set up and going. And, again, everybody was very extremely open to the ideas and the thoughts and, and the change that need to happen. And so we did those things. And once the once the ship was moving, I came back, and uh, then I found myself on a plane all the time. So, you know, again, you know, again, you know, like I said, I mean, it's just I'm, I'm blessed by having a, a great team. Thank you. Uh my engineer brought to my attention a question that I guess came from someone in the audience. They were asking, they must be here in Southern California, they're asking about a show that's in Anaheim next week, the National Music and Merchandisers. I guess it must be at the convention center. NAM is the name of it? Yeah, it's called Would, NAM. Will you be participating um, in that event? Yeah, you know, our you know, we do um, very few shows a year, partly because we we like our partners to, to kind of lead the effort from a show perspective. So, 
Uh, Nam is, uh, I think it is next week in Anaheim. Um, Ankyo, who uh, has shipping a product, is the Ankyo I Lunar. So if you want to look that up, you can. You know, they will be at the show. We'll probably have some marketing representation going on at the show. We're trying to set that up right now. But CES was our big was it was our big start of the year show, and we then do a couple of Hong Kong fairs. Well, there's only two Hong Kong fairs. We do both Hong Kong fairs. We're thinking about looking at doing Mobile World Congress this year for the first time, at least attend, get a feel for that, and then the next big one will be is the uh, is IFA in Berlin. That that's the European version, so to speak, of CES. It's actually much bigger than CES, if you ask me. But uh, that's also another big show for us. So, in Nam. Maybe next year we'll probably do some more things, but NAM tends to be a little bit more on the pro side for us. And uh, you know, we have that pro business, but you know, until we can have until we have a proper pro partner here domestically in the states, it'll be it'll probably it'll take more of a backseat for us in terms of our priorities. Now, if Ankyo and Toshiba and AudioSource and other brands that are shipping products with our technology in it want to go there, we're happy to support that. Excellent. And I want to thank um, the member of the community who asked the question, and hopefully you're, you're satisfied with the answer, and we can move on. I guess since we're talking about shows, this would be a good time to ask you to share a little bit of what you observed and what you saw at the Consumer Electronics Show and Convention in Las Vegas. It was interesting because, you know, Microsoft pulled out. So Microsoft was not there. Even I mean, they were there in spirit, and a lot of people were using Microsoft-based products. You know, Apple's not there. So, but a lot of people, you know, the iPhone was the, the presence of the iPhone and the iPad and in the, in the in iOS-related devices was felt throughout the show. I mean, even for us at Sonic Emotion, you know, our our Headquake app had the four biggest days in the history of the company last week during the CES show, and Apple wasn't even there. So. You, you kind of get that. There, there were so many. I mean, there, it seemed like everybody was doing a phone case or an iPad case. Or you know, there's new audio innovations in terms of people, different form factors wanting to compete with that jam box and that market. So you're seeing a lot of that. But I think for me personally, being kind of, kind of a technology geek and, and and understanding what's out there for me, you know, seeing things like the OLED TVs and what, when the OLED technology maturing to me was really exciting because I had actually gone to Microsoft. Home of the Future back in 2006 um, with uh, my old PTO, Dan, and you know we, we went there and we saw what Microsoft was doing, what their vision was for the Home of the Future, and OLED technology was a big part of that, and seeing it now come to market, it was, it was just really cool to see, and the beauty of that product was phenomenal, and you know, from there you get, and, you know, from there it was about being able to see, you know, you see the bendable type computers, and you see that was really interesting. More and more of these app-based technologies, you know, um, you know, the Misfit Shine with a little gadget I saw, which is an activity tracker, that was just phenomenal in terms of of what it's going to be able to do in terms of revolutionizing that whole, you know, the Nike Fuel Band Arena, you know, that whole space. So, you know, there was just, you know, I saw this one company, that, I saw companies doing a lot more with 3D visual display technologies. You know, you see, you're starting to see it also a lot more companies coming from, you know, from Eastern Europe, you know, obviously you're seeing company, a lot more Chinese companies and things of that nature. You're seeing factories, you know, you're seeing Chinese factories. So TCL, for example, is one of our partners. They actually had a huge booth in the Central Hall. And not only are they the factory, but they're now trying to brand themselves as an end consumer product, you know, the same as you would a higher or high sense and 
people of that nature. So you start you, see, you saw a little bit of a Chinese invasion coming through, and it was it's not what you would normally think as cheap Chinese product. This was good quality stuff. So it was like the first year that I really saw a lot of effort put to making sure that the products from China, from the Chinese manufacturers, are really strong. So you're seeing you you know you saw some of that. So you know you saw smart cars, you know cloud access and cars, things like that. So it was just amazing to see. Now, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and you know progress in this arena because it just seemed like it's so it's been a little slow I mean, in terms of just so much focus on smartphones and tablets and that nature but the progress is coming it's slowly coming it's evolving but when it comes it usually hits hard so you know i would say over the next the next couple of years you're going to see a lot more movement into devices that are more ubiquitous smaller you know more pocket you know the whole you know the whole uh, internet in your pocket type scenario is going to keep going down that path you saw a lot of a lot of cool things from a gaming perspective. Companies like Nvidia, how they're pushing the gaming envelope. Companies like Steel Series and Razer, what they're doing from a peripheral perspective to enhance the gaming experience for people. So it's it's, it's all it's all now coming out, and, and every year the progress gets a little bit better, better, and better. I had another question from the community. Uh, what was your sense of Samsung? I guess they're, they're this person's thinking that Samsung had a good show and maybe even. Uh, dominated part of CES was that your sense, or can you give us a sense on how Sam- Samsung showed up? Yes, Samsung was, was was fantastic. I mean, you know, Samsung's booth was huge. You know, it was you know the presence the presence was everywhere. You know, we, we you know I myself met with some Samsung folks you know a few times. You know the you know, Samsung's Samsung's dominating you know the TV space. I mean, it's you know they they really are the ones that put the hurt to. The, the the Japanese on the TV side of things, you know, I know they're they're definitely taking market share away from the Vizios of the world. So you know, it's, it's it seems like it's it's more it'll eventually be maybe a two or three player fight, Samsung, LG, and then let's see what happens with the Panasonic of the world. And then who knows? There was there was a lot of rumbling about there. You know, when you're walking around the Samsung booth about is Apple going to put out a TV and what will that look like and what will that do? And so one of the things Samsung and I guess to the uh, you know, listener's credit, Samsung has a project, an internal uh, program called Open Initiative. And what they do there is they're very, you know, they, you know, they in the past used to be very closed in terms of what they wanted to look at from IP perspective. And so now they've got this Open Initiative program where they're out really proactively looking at smaller companies, mid-sized companies, people that got really unique IP to find out how they can partner together. So they're, they're really doing that a lot. And, you know, they... Um, they had suites set up where their senior senior people from Korea were sitting in these suites from the different divisions. So maybe one guy was from mobile, one guy was from you know tablet, one guy was from TVs, one guy was maybe let's say from car, wherever wherever whatever department they're in. And all they what they were doing is they were, they were running small companies who've got really cool IP every 20 minutes, presenting their their solution. So it's kind of like a look a little quick and, and not not kind of like a a speed presentation type dating thing. It was, it was pretty unique to see this happening. It was, it was pretty unique what they were doing. So they were all over the place. They, they did a great job. Oh, thank you for that. That's It's great to have somebody who was at the show with such deep knowledge be able to share with us, and I'm glad that the uh, community asked a couple questions about it. I'm glad we could engage the community as well. I, I, I'd like to uh, bring the focus back to Sonic Emotion and kind of your leadership uh, this month, as you know, we're focused 
on guests who can share kind of growth ideas, growth strategies, what you know, what you're doing to generate growth. I'm wondering if you could share with our audience one of the strategies that you're bringing to or have begun to implement at Sonic Emotion that you're using to promote the growth of the firm. So I'll actually share two. So when I first joined Sonic Emotion, we were very much a Zurich-focused operation. Pretty much almost everybody was based in Zurich. You know, Zurich is not the cheapest place to live, and it's, you know, when you think about IP and innovation, obviously, you know, the Swiss are known for some, for some of that. But for us in the consumer electronics space, in order to really kind of expand and get our brand out there and get our story out there, we had to try to break the mold a little bit and get people out of Zurich. So, you know, you know, me being based in the States, you know, that was by design. You know, it was me being here, being able to, to be the CEO, but also to be the person who can really work with the, with the U.S. brands. But more importantly, one of the things we did was we took two of our best performers and we moved them to Hong Kong. And we did that because we wanted to be closer to the Japanese customers. We wanted to be closer to Korea. We wanted to be closer to, to the factories in Taiwan and the design houses in Taiwan as well as the factories in China. You know, that I would tell you that that move by itself has propelled us in a couple of ways. Number one is it's made us a true 24-hour-a-day operation. To kind of give you an example of my day, I'll probably start around 6.30 in the morning. I'll go from 6.30 in the morning to, let's say, about 9.30, 10 a.m., and it's very European-focused. Then from about 10 o'clock to about 2, 2.30, it's kind of very U.S.-focused. Then Japan opens up around 3 o'clock, you know, our time here in, in California. So then it's Japan for a little while. Then China opens up. So then it's Hong Kong, China, then for a little while. You know, so from a business perspective, it turned us into a true 24-hour-day operation. So if we have a customer that needed help in uh, the States, well, guess what? In a couple of hours, you know, Hong Kong is there to take care of them. You have a customer in in, in uh, Japan that needed help, and you know, there's nobody, you know, and we needed to work with R and D team. Well, there's there's only about a six or seven hour time difference, so they're able to help them. So that was that move, that single move by itself, really helped enhance our overall capability, and it showed the brand that we're really putting our money where our, where our mouth is in terms of being able to really provide service support and, and provide more. Uh, you know, more of a sonic emotion uh, feeling, you know, within within the different uh, countries. So that that was the first thing. You know, the, the the second thing that we did was we said, from a technology perspective, we're going to move away from our chip. A chip is fine. H- having our chip, having our ASIC, people can come and buy that. That's a very Intel-like business model, right? Buy a chip, put it in a product, get it tuned, ship a product, you're done. It's, it's easy. It's simple. But the problem with being a chip-only company is that in order to get your technology into TVs, tablets, phones, and those types of things, you know, these guys are not going to go out there and redesign motherboards just for your chip. And there are already DSPs or digital signal processing you know, chips, so to speak, on those products. So you know, the decision we made was to go and say, hey, we're going to go decouple our our algorithms from our chip and make them ubiquitous and make our algorithms so they're available on anybody's DSP. So now at CES, we had a press release out that we're partnering with TI on their C6000 platform. We have our solution working on CSR's MapX platform. For those of you who don't know, CSR is probably the leader in, if not the leader, the leader in uh, Bluetooth technology based out of the UK. And, 
you know, our, and, and if if uh, if Serious Logic wants to, wants our technology on their DSP to go talk to XYZ brand, we can do it. If Analog Devices wants it, we can go do it. So before we were kind of we were limited in our ability to uh, for for that addressable market. You know, we were primarily only that soundbar dock was our primarily addressable market. Well, now that we can go into any type of device, our addressable market becomes the entire consumer electronic market. So we go from roughly 60 million units in terms of addressable market to an addressable market of over potentially a trillion dollars in terms of where our technology can go. So, and that's because we're moving into the software perspective. So, so those are the two big things. And then, you know, the last one, I guess I'll just throw it in there is, from a marketing perspective, as I mentioned earlier, we really try to focus on the consumer end. So at CES, for example, we really pushed this message, and it did really well. And I think that's one reason why our Headquake app had so many downloads, was we, we came out with the story of about how brands have been a disservice to consumers, how they've allowed for what, what consumers listen to on their TVs, whether you have a Vizio TV, which you have, you know, whether it might be, you know, whether it's, technology from our competitors, where they listen to that and they say, well, that's normal audio. Well, they've conditioned consumers to think that poor audio is good audio. And we're here to say that that's a disease and we're essentially the cure. And so we had some nurses walking around, you know, explaining that, prescription, prescription pads and little things like that. So that marketing message is also, you know, resonating as well. So those are kind of the two, two to three things that we've done to really allow us to kind of really go in that in that direction and of really stimulating our growth. I appreciate you sharing the quantity that you did with us. I'd have been happy with one, but the bo- not only two, but then a bonus third one, which is a pretty interesting idea. Uh, I think hopefully gives our audience some ability to think about how can they adapt or adopt these this thinking to their business to drive growth. You know, I, originally we thought we were going to have you through four thirty. I, I see it's it's after that time. I have one more question for you, but I also have a uh, commercial break. Uh, Rajiv, can you stay with us through the commercial break for one more question on the other side? You can take it with you as long as you want. All right. Well, great. We're going to keep Rajiv with us for a little bit more here on Critical Mass Radio Show, but we are going to take our commercial break to spend a little bit of time with our sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. In case you haven't seen it, our newest property in our media division of Critical Mass is our TV show, Critical Mass TV Show. The show airs once a month. It focuses on a Southern California business leader, executive, 
This month's show, which was released last week, is with Philip Chang. Philip is the CEO and founder of Yogurtland. And as you know, the theme for this month here on Critical Mass in the series is growth. And we talk with Philip about how, from his perspective, the culture of Yogurtland is a foundational element that's allowed his firm to grow as rapidly as they have been growing. So if you'd like to find and watch an episode of Critical Mass TV show, it's simple. You can find it on our YouTube channel, which is Critical Mass Business. That's our YouTube channel. Or simply go to criticalmassforbusiness.com, our website. Go to the media division, find the TV show. There's a direct link there to not just the recent show, but our shows from last year as well. All right, let's get back to our interview with Rajiv Kapoor, who is the CEO of Sonic Commotions. I had one other question that I wanted to ask him, and we needed to take the sponsorship break. So final question for you today is a little bit of a business and a personal one. I'm wondering, Rajiv, if you can think back on a time in your career where you ended up learning a really valuable business lesson, but it, it came from a time that felt like it was challenging or difficult or possibly, dare I say, a painful time. So do you have a business lesson that you could share with our audience that came from a difficult experience? When I first, you know, when, when, when I was at Dell, I had a lot of good success at Dell, and we got a call you know, the day we the day we found out we were pregnant with our first son, we got a call from Michael Dell's office saying, "Hey, we want you to go to China." And so we said, "Sure, why not? Who wouldn't want to go to China?" So we literally within a within you know after going checking up checking out Beijing. By the way, this was back before the whole world moved to China. This was back in 2000. So this was before the huge outsourcing boom, et cetera, things like that, and before China really opened up their markets. And so you know we were there from 2000 2002. But the first six months I was there were very difficult. They were probably the most difficult time of my career. And, and the reason being is because, you know, I I was more excited by the glamour of an, being an expat, of going overseas, of having this big responsibility of China and the opportunity China brought, that I failed to really do what I've been preaching here, which, and I really learned how important this was. And, and a lot of what I had done before which is really focused on building that internal culture and really getting people bought into what you're what you were trying to do. So the first six months were really tough. I mean, people thought I was a spy for the company. They were th- they thought they were going to lose their jobs. Nobody would talk to you. You know, you, you know you're, you're in a country where you, know, you, you couldn't really you couldn't speak the language at all. And this was again, like I said, before China opened up. And so it was it was, it was tough. But you know, it took about six months, and, uh, and then you know I kind of you know one day it kind of all started to click when, when when I actually found a couple of folks that worked for me that really you know, sat down with me and said, look, we believe what you're trying to do. We just think you're doing it, the, going about it the wrong way. So these were people that worked for me. So, you know, being able to make sure that even if you're the CEO, you have to be able to listen, you have to be able to adapt your story, you have to be able to adapt your strategy, improvise, overcome, adapt, right? I mean, so you know, we, we had to adapt, we had to change, and we did that, and, you know, it, it, it was a great success. So it was, you know, after that first six months, it was probably the, the best, one of the best experiences I've had working globally. It's interesting to speak about Dell. Uh, that's a great story as well. And it's interesting because uh, here in the news recently, the past few days, Dell has been very topical, been in a lot of conversations as and it's driving a lot of interest again back in the PC yep. marketplace. You know, I'm always fascinated, those of you in the technology space, how rapidly things change 
you know, with foundational things change within your industry, and maybe the change in the PC hasn't been rapid. But as your point earlier, sometimes it's a slow, gradual decline until it hits a certain point, and then it accelerates quickly. And and it sort of felt like with all the other devices that are now out there, and you said, you know, kind of having it in your pocket, it's really been an assault on the traditional PC and even laptop marketplace, which has put a lot of pressure on HP and Dell and others who are in that space. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, if you ask me, I think it's brilliant, and I think they should do it. And I, this, this is just me as, as a, I have no connection anymore, so if, if I were, if I were them, if I were the Dell guys, I would absolutely do it. And, and the reason being there is, you know, Dell's got to change. And in order for them to really, you know, they want to be more of an enterprise player. They want to get in more into software services and, and the enterprise hardware that, that's driving the cloud and everything else that's happening out there. If they really want to do that, then go private. When you, when you go private, you can potentially maybe, and again, me just speculating, they could potentially make a decision to exit the consumer market. And if they do that, they don't have to get killed by Wall Street by doing it. So, you know, so essentially they go, they cocoon, they, 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 re, they rejigger the business. They've got plenty of cash. They've got a little over $11 billion in cash sitting in the bank. They've got plenty of, of um, smart people around them. Michael Dell is a phenomenal guy, incredibly intelligent. So then they maybe if they want to go public again, they can. But you know, it's it's essentially to me, I think, a great move because you know when you're at these big public companies, and it doesn't matter what big public company you're at, one quarter feels like one year. So the running joke at Dell was, if you're there for 11 years, you know, you're really there for 44. So it's it's uh, you know you hear that story a lot of times in these big companies. So I I think it to me personally it sounds like the right thing to do. Final question back to you, and thanks for sharing your insight on that. Uh, if someone would like to learn more about you and the firm Sonic Emotion, how do they find you online? Well, uh, Sonic Emotion is easy. There's sonicemotion.com, and uh, we have all the information about our technology and what we're doing. We have an iPhone app called Headquake. Check that out. We're on Facebook. We have a Twitter account at Sonic Emotion. Me personally, I am on LinkedIn. If anybody's interested, they can jump on LinkedIn and drop me a note through LinkedIn or whatever. It's, uh, you know, Rajiv, it's R-A-J-E-E-V, and the last name is K-A-P-U-R. And so there's only one of me that's the CEO of Sonic Emotion, so it should be easy to find. So happy to, if anybody has any questions, happy to, uh, to answer them. Uh, I was about to let you go, and then it dawned on me that you've, uh, and actually came up on my screen as well, so I can't take total credit for it, but... Uh, You've mentioned your iPhone app, your uh, Headquake, and I and I guess I wouldn't be doing a good job as your interviewer if I didn't ask you. And we only have about two minutes left here on the program. But could could you give us a sense for what is that product, and then what why was it so popular last week? So Headquake is a 3D media player. What it what is essentially right now it's free, by the way, so it doesn't cost you ninety nine cents. So it's free. Uh, and it's re- essentially what it does is it replaces the iPod player on your iPhone or on your iPad. And what it does is when you download the app, it'll automatically sync all the music you have into Headquake. And then what it does is that it plays it back through our 3D audio filters. And so you have the ability actually to hear normal, you the normal iTunes track, and then you'll hear it how it then you'll have the ability to, um, well, actually, let me back up. 
you actually will hear it with our 3D technology turned on, and then you have the ability to turn off our 3D technology for a few seconds to hear it normally. You really hear a big difference. We have some other filters in there in terms of ambient and, and positioning, so, you, and so it kind of moves the music around a little bit in terms of how you want to listen to it. We'll have a new generation of the app coming out probably in two or three months. We're looking at some bass enhancements, some other UI things, some better EQs, things of that nature. But the app's proven to be pretty popular. I mean, it's free, and it's easy to download, and uh, we really think it delivers a much more richer, cleaner, uh, and deeper experience to the music that you're listening to. And, you know, it's a four and a half rate. It's, it's uh, I think we have, like, on the U.S. store, it's close to 300 reviews. We're right about right now four and a half stars, and you know, I encourage the audience to, to check it out and, you know, listen to it. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, you know, let us know what we can do better. Do you have a plan for a Android version of that app? You know, we, 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 we do. We, we, we do have a plan for it. Um, and we're working on it right now. You know, we've actually, and I, and I can't talk too much about this, but you know, we have a partner who's actually come to us that might actually be looking to, might wanting to do some things from an Android perspective in terms of maybe helping us get that out there. So we're going to play that one out a little bit and see where that goes first. Excellent. Well, I appreciate not only the willingness to be on the program, but the ability to stay a little bit longer and, and share even more about you and, and your industry and your firm. So thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the community. Continued growth and success in 2013, Rajiv. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Rick. Take care. Have a good one. Have a good day. All the best. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing our focus on growth here on Critical Mass Radio Show. If you haven't seen our TV show, please find it and watch it. It's about 10 minutes in length. I think you'll find the interview uh, with Philip to be enlightening, and uh, hopefully you found the interview with Rajiv today to be enlightening and informative. I enjoyed it. I know that the members of the community who ask questions, again, I encourage that every show. If you have something you'd like to know, we try to, from your fingers to hit, to our guest's ears, I guess is a way to say it. Uh, hopefully you've gotten some new ideas that will help you make better decisions. I want to thank our sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and our newest sponsor, Smart Stop Self Storage. Our engineer for today's show is none other than Paul Roberts. Our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about our business, you know where to find us, Critical Mass for Business. And until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your company in a positive direction. You're listening to Critical Mass, the radio show, right here on Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.